Welcome to the Best Relationship Ever podcast. I'm Freddie Concio. And I'm Melinda Concio. To navigate the best relationship ever, we have found some of the greatest skills to accomplish this. Through 35 years of marriage and 25 years of pastoring, much of what we've learned will be shared throughout our podcast. So if you're interested in creating amazing relationships in your life, Hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our podcasts. It's good to be back again. Here we are, another week, another show. Yes, dealing with stress. Hey, how do you remove stress in a relationship or your relationships? Think about it. Yeah. That can be a difficult thing. This is going to be a good episode. I I'm, think so, too. And I'm already starting off with stress already. I got to admit it. I'm, I'm going to keep it real here. My dog, Molly, is giving me stress right now. Well, she might give you stress, but she's super cute. Well, I like her to lay down and just be quiet. And But she goes around. She wants to bark at everybody at the door or bark anybody passing by the front of the house. Or the birds. It doesn't matter. She or starts the barking. Or the lizards. Or a leaf that blows on the ground. <laughs> well, and no she's... one said she's smart. She's just super cute. Okay, well, describe what she looks like so people know this furry animal. <laughs> well, she's a white poodle. Mixed with a dash hound. Yes. So she's like a limo of a poodle. She's just a little extra longer, and we leave her a and little extra fluffy, too, because I like fluffy. And how big is her brain? Go ahead. Talk well, about her, that. Her brain is only like, what, the size the of size your thumb? Of, <laughs> it's a, not very big. Of a peanut. And and she shows it many a times. But she's cute. Yes. Okay. Well, she gives me stress sometimes. Well, talking about stress and how to remove stress from your life, there are many areas that stress can come to your life when you're looking at it. It can come from finances. It can come from a relationship. It can come from a pandemic. It can come from all right. kinds of avenues stress can come your way but how do we deal with stress and is it even possible just to remove it how do you remove stress that seems like it's never going to go away well i think one of the things that i thought would be really cool to talk about is not just removing stress because i think stress is pressure right it's any external force exactly it is pressing against you um pressing against your own abilities strength and might to withstand that pressure yeah right so I thought it would be really cool to talk about how stress affects relationships. Because here's, here's something I've found to be true, and you can probably attest to this, that the more stress I'm feeling from other things, whether it's even a good thing, planning a birthday party while we were pastoring, we had special events, I was feeding up to two to 300 people at a time. Yes, you were. That all this stuff... But it was the people closest to me that usually felt the effects of the stress in my life. I became shorter with them because I couldn't deal with it. But I wouldn't even be aware of it till later. I was always apologizing after the event. Same thing with me. I remember treating my sons a little more rough because things had to get done. And the people that we love the most seemed to get the brunt end of the deal of our stress, you know? Yeah. So that's why I think it's really important that we recognize stress is a thing. Yes. 
and what it can do to others around you. Yeah. It can cause an adverse effect on their heart or their life. Oh, sure. Depending on how you use your stress with people. Totally, totally true. Here's a story way back when. Let me give you a good story. This is a good story to start out with. Um, we were married back in 86, so it had to be around... Good 90, job, by the way. 90, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I am on radio and live and here on podcasts and all kinds of other things, so got to be correct in my speech, <laughs> but... Or anything in canon will be used against you in a court of law. No, it's recorded kidding. now forever. <laughs> so, so we're, 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 we weren't even married yet. It was 1984. And I, I think the year is right. I could be off a year or so. But we were going to Magic Mountain, which is oh, a, a yes. theme park. And we had a great day there. We had lots of fun. I was in my car because I was proud my car worked that day. And uh, all of a sudden... <laughs> Because there were days it didn't work. Yeah, some days it wouldn't, I admit. <laughs> but it was an amazing car. It was an RX2 yellow, gorgeous it RX2. Was like a little bumblebee. Yes. Anyway, so um, we come outside and I look and I say, oh, the tire looks really low. And I said, hey, we better get that filled up or yeah. get, it, get a patch on it or something before we drive any further. So we Because now up. saying that. Yeah. That was at least an hour and a half from where I lived in uh, Mission Viejo at the time. Yes. And you were even further away. So it was probably about two-hour drive. So we had to get that tire fixed. It wasn't just something we could put some air in, right? So we find the first gas station that we can find. And we pull over, and there's this little side gas station we found. And and uh, I walk up to the guy, and I say, hey, um, I got a flat tire could could you take a look at it? And he goes, yeah, I can take a look at it. And he seemed kind of sketchy the way the guy talked to me, but I went, whatever, you know. So um, he comes over to the car and he drills, you know, the, the tire off and takes it and he starts rolling it to the back of the building. And hear me, I got a little... a little conspiratorial, I think, you know. I, I always thought that maybe if if the patch doesn't need to be that big on the on the tire that maybe they might try to stick it twice to say, oh, there's three holes in your in your tire, and then charge me three times as more. Right. So I was being a little conspiratorial, so I said, you know what, I'm going to follow this guy around the back of the building, because what they do is, back in those days, they would take your tire, dip it in water, and fill it up with air, and roll it around until they see the bubbles coming out of the hole. And that way they can identify where the hole is, where the patch needs to be put, and all that other stuff. So I'm there at the back on the side of the building. It's nighttime. It's dark. And um, he looks at me and he goes, hey, why don't you go back to your car? And I'm like, no, that's cool. I just want to, I'll just check it out, you know, look look for the hole with you. And so he starts going through the hole and he goes, you know, I'd rather you go back to your car, man. Just go back to your car. And I'm like, no, it's cool, man. Now I'm getting the vibe of, of, of my confirmation that this guy is going to try to stick my tire, you know, with a knife or something. So all of a sudden he looks at me, picks up the tire over his head with a loud voice, screams at me and says, why don't you do the effing tire yourself, you beaner? Boom, threw the tire at my feet. And I'm like, what in the world is wrong with this man? And he just called me a beaner. What the, you know, and I was blown away. And all of a sudden something gripped me and said, shut up. Go back to the car. And I went, I'm going to go back to the car. 
and I'm walking back to the car to my remember she's not my wife yet she's my you're my girl right yeah and my what my girl happens to be what color <laughs> still white yep she's a white girl <laughs> and I'm here Latin and this guy just called me a beaner so I'm like wait a minute and the guy was a little skinny old little white guy that did it to me and and I'm like man. So I tell Melinda the whole story, and she's like, "Oh, how terrible!" And she feels sad and upset about it. And 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 I go, "You know what?" And I started thinking in in a grace factor, like maybe this guy was treated really bad by Mexicans. Maybe somebody, you know, you know, let him down. Well, I think or God was actually speaking to you at that time, right? Like your heart totally took a turn. Totally, because I was either going to be hot and fight or I was going to do something else, you know? So, and I, I didn't want to look like a skinny little chump guy in front of my wife or my future wife. I didn't want to look dumb in front of her. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go confront the guy. And she goes, no, just, just talk to him, see what's going on. And so I stayed and I waited for him to fix the tire because he picked it up and he started fixing it. And, and then by the time he was done, I walked up to him and I said, hey, I want to say I'm sorry. And he goes, what? I go, I want to apologize, man, because on behalf of any Latins that may have given you a bad time, rough time, or, you know, just really represented us wrong, yeah, I just want to apologize on, on their behalf, man. And he looks at me and goes, oh, man. He goes, I'm sorry, man. It's me. It's me. It's because of the stalker. And I went, the what? The stalker, dude. The night stalker. I go, what night stalker? And I forgot. There was a guy named Richard Ramirez back in those days who was killing people, just going around randomly. It was like a killing, killing spree, right? He was on a killing spree. And he goes, Yeah, the nice stalker, because he was last reported less than a mile from this location. And I went, Oh my goodness. And he goes, And they left me here all by myself to run the shop. And I am freaking out because I'm looking at you. And I went, Oh, I'm. Richard Ramirez to him because I'm Latin. And I went, oh, my goodness, man, I am so sorry. He goes, no, man, I'm sorry. And guess what? I made a friend, which could have been an enemy, which could have turned out something really bad. But the guy was definitely under stress. Stressed out for sure. The fact that he couldn't even see past his fear. No, he couldn't. He was actually in bondage to it. Like, he was actually... Can you imagine if he only knew who you really were, youth pastor Freddie, you know, probably somebody that would never hurt anybody. <laughs> and he really was actually afraid of you. His mind actually went out of the normal realms of what somebody would think of another person because he was so stressed out. Yeah. And, you know, and I look at the times that we're in right now and the signs of the times we are definitely in some stressed days. And I and I feel for people that are listening to this podcast right now, maybe a married couple or, or a single or a family that's really going through it, maybe financially, maybe you can't pay rent, uh, maybe your stimulus check hasn't come in yet. I mean, things can really add up to a point where you feel stress at the top of your limit. And what do you do when you hit that? place when you hit a place where you're about ready to throw down like like that guy was ready to stick me with a knife if he had an opportunity but but uh yeah. eventually calmed down but um what do you do so here's a scripture that i want to share with you and check this out okay in matthew eleven twenty six 26 through 30 it has a process of 
how to get out of stress. If you look at it this way, just look at it through these kind of glasses, a process to get out of stress. Check it out. It says, come to me. There's your first process. Come to who? Come to God. Come to Jesus. All you are who labor and are heavy laden. Okay, that's the candidate, the one who is laboring, the one who is heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Why? Because take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now, back in Bible days, a yoke was the very thing that was put over um, uh, oxen or some kind of animal that's pulling a load, and it would wrap around the neck, and it would wrap around both necks of the animals, and they would pull the load. That was called a yoke. Now, when you are yoked, you know, you have that heavy yoke upon you. It's the load that you choose to pull. And basically, Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you. In other words, connect next to me, and I'll pull the majority of the load and learn of me. In other words, I'm going to teach you how to carry this stress. I'm going to teach you how to handle your stress. And it goes on, it says, take my yoke and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not that God doesn't want you to carry a burden. He just wants it to be light, where it's not going to permanently affect your body physically, or it won't affect others around you where you cause harm to them because you're angry or ticked off or stressed, but it'll really help and support you when you go through this process of taking God's yoke upon you. So the amount of stress that you can carry or burden is proportionate to your strength. Yes. Like a small child, they start them off in kindergarten with not a ton of homework. They're not going to expect them to do multiplication and division. Nope. But they do ask them to color their page. Yes. They do ask them to learn their letters. It's proportionate. Yes. Yes, exactly. And God knows us better than we know ourselves. Yes. So sometimes people actually go as far as to say, well, once you come to God, then life will become perfect and no problems. I don't think that's the truth. Because Jesus even told us that we are going to have tribulation. There is going to be trouble. He said, they hate me, they're going to hate you too. So you're going to have haters. So Haters going to hate. Haters going to hate. So <laughs> the stress can build. Even everyday mundane things that we go through, add a little bit of stress. Like I was telling you the other day, I had to get up out of bed because I realized I had forgotten to feed Molly. Now, it is a responsibility to feed this little white fluffy thing. She can't get food herself, but it's a small stress. I wouldn't say that that is stressing me out. It's not a mega stress, no. It is not huge. But if we don't recognize the stresses as they build up in our life, if we continue to try and carry our own yoke, as that scripture described yes, it, yes, yes. if we keep trying to pull that burden all by ourselves, like our pride even gets in the way sometimes. Like, nah, God, I got this, you know? Or the people around us, no, yeah, I can, I can handle it. it. I can yeah, handle it. Yeah. I can take it. And then we find out we're, we're mad at somebody for no absolute reason. Well, what you just said there about building up, stress can build up. Yeah. And I think that's a big challenge that many people have is that they don't realize that it's not just one little stress that's getting them. It's many piled on top of each other yes. that become so 
Overwhelming. There you go. That's a good word. Overwhelming. Exactly. Because that's how I feel. That's not, that's not even a makeup word. That is a for real way that I feel the stresses that start to mount up inside of me. Now, the, I think the first thing we need to do is you, first you need to recognize. Yes. Like, this, let, let's name them. This is you a know? good list. What you're about to say right now is a perfect list. Go ahead. Recognize. You have to recognize that they're there. Yeah. Even the small things. In other words, acknowledge them. Yeah. Yeah. Give them a name sometimes. Yeah. And then the next thing you need to do is this is something I have found super important. And, and uh, you and I have talked about it so many times in our own relationship of putting a priority to yeah, things. Yes. Yes. You know, some things you we can't drop the ball on. Yeah. But yeah. there's other things that if it isn't. Well, like if you look at a list, like yeah. that you're prioritized. Let's say you got the light bill that needs to be paid. You got the the uh, the lawn that needs to be mowed. Uh, you got the house that needs to be cleaned, and uh, you got uh, dinner to make. So, what is the most important out of all of those, or what would you prioritize? Well, if I don't have lights, I'm not going to be able to make dinner or do anything because now my power's been turned off. So I would say my priority right now is to pay the light bill. But sometimes we take all the problems and put them all in one basket and say, I got to do them all right now. No, prioritize, and then you'll find the weight is much easier to bear. In other words, Jesus said, learn of me, yeah. my ways. Yeah, that's so good. I also think about it, breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. There you go. Yeah. You know, instead of looking like I have to conquer everything today and feeling responsible for it all. And you know what, babe? I wonder how much the different way people think. Now, this is a huge generality. Please, nobody get offended. This is not to put anybody into a box. But in generalities, I have found this to be true. What's that? That women think their thought process is more like spaghetti. Everything, every noodle touches every other noodle. It's all connected. It's yeah. all connected. So for me, when I get overwhelmed, everything just becomes a big ball of wax that I can't bear. And, and I'm finding myself in that place where I've, I've noticed a lot of times men are more compartmentalized. Yep, boxes. We have little boxes that yeah. everything goes in. Yeah. And you don't open that box until you close the other box. Right. So <laughs> it's easier. That, well, it's just a different way, right? Different a, way of thinking, yeah. A different way of thinking. And neither that either one is right or wrong. It's just different, and it's okay. I, I just have to remind myself sometimes that, um, and that's why I come to you, which is then brings me up to the next point, because we talked about recognizing and prioritizing, but strengthening ourselves. Mm. And I think one of the main ways, well, there's two ways, I believe. One is God has put us with other people. Yes. You're and the Bible has scriptures talking alone. about, yeah, yeah, that the Bible talks to us of that two are better than one for they have a great return on their labor. In other words, not doing it by myself. And that's why I'll come to you so many times. Yeah. And I'm feeling that overwhelm and you just, and you don't even have to sometimes physically do anything as much as it is just help me 
to put a perspective on it different from the way I'm carrying it. Just that support. And sometimes just having that one person or two people, even if you call a friend and say, hey, I want to call a friend just to keep me in prayer because I'm going to be doing this particular project and it's adding a little stress to my plate. If you pray, that'd be awesome. And you'd be surprised just getting those words out if you'd be willing to pray for me. And they say mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Well, it's, it already lightens half your load. It's amazing how this works when you're willing to strengthen yourself. The uh, Bible says David encouraged himself. When he was in the middle of a battle, he encouraged himself. And how he, did he do that? By strengthening himself in prayer and talking to God. Yeah. That was his strength, right? Yes, totally. If God is for me, who can be against me? Now, that's especially good with mental stress, emotional stress. Um, God is with us in the middle of our trial or pressure of whatever we're going through, remembering we're not alone. I know for me, that's a big one. I have to physically remind myself, I say it out loud, I am not walking through this alone. Now, there's always those extremes that people will say, hey, like I can hear you out there saying, hey, you know what? That works good for you people because you want to prioritize things. Well, I ain't got time to prioritize things. Things need to get done. If they don't get done now, they won't get done at all. So this is my life and this is the way I live. And you know what? I got a verse for you. I got something that will totally really bring peace to your heart. And that is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Why don't you go ahead and read that, Melinda? I love this in the Amplified Bible, so um, I wanted to read this. Go for it, go for it. It says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Perfect. You see that first part of that verse, be anxious for nothing. Yeah. How do you sit with that and just say, I'm going to live by that standard, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer. Wow. Mm-hmm. It just it just blows my mind to even sit with that thought for a minute to say, I'm going to be anxious for nothing. Yeah. Wow. What what life would that be like to live a life that I'm anxious for nothing? Now, the word anxious is what we're looking at, which means to be troubled, stressed out, anxiety over. It says be anxiety over nothing. Mm-hmm. Be stressed out over nothing. Yeah. But in everything. And I think I love the way this verse lays out because at the end there's a there's there's a there's a, a blessing at the end of it, which is God will guard your hearts. And your mind. And isn't that the very thing that gets attacked where we start saying, God, I'm losing my mind. I can't take it anymore. Lord, my heart cannot bear this anymore. Mm. And God is saying, I'm willing to protect both of those. Yeah. If you don't be anxious for everything or nothing, and you will come to me and pray and I will deal with it. I'll work with you. And prayer being not a big fancy word, talking to God. Very simple. Making your requests bringing it before him. And sometimes it's God doesn't, you know, he's not Santa Claus or the ambulance and showing up out of nowhere and rescuing you, but he will make a way out. Sometimes he will give you the most amazing ideas or send somebody 
to come and help you with the situation. Do you remember that old story? It's about a guy who was left on an island and he was um, deserted island all by himself, but he was a man that knew how to talk to God. So he was praying and he said, God, save me from this island. I want to get back to my family. I have things in life that I believe you put me here for. Save me from this island. And there's a ship that came by and they came and he goes, no, 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 go away. God is going to rescue me. And so he goes back to praying, God, rescue me from this island. Save me, God. I have work to do. Then the helicopter comes and he sends them away because he's believing God's going to rescue me. Nope, God's going to rescue me. I think sometimes we do that in relationships or situations. And God's sending people to support you. He's sending people. That is to strengthen us. It's not an accident that he called it the church or, or the place of gathering where we're supposed to come together and he you know, recognizes us like a family. Mm. Family's not, I mean, I guess you could have a family of one person, but I don't know. Family to me means a group of people with like minds, similar purpose, sometimes related, don't have to be, but to help us. There are those people out there, maybe even right now, that say, hey, I got nobody. I don't have anyone to talk to. I don't have anyone that supports me. I don't have anyone that loves me. I'm by myself. Well, let us be part of that moment right now with you. I'd like to pray with you right now. And I'd like, Melinda, you and I can join in just for a second. And let's just pray together. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're driving in your car, you need to pull over because I don't want you closing your eyes while you're driving. But I want you to take a moment and just park it somewhere for a second. And as you do, I want you just to listen and say this prayer with us because I really believe you're not alone. And I think you need to know it right now right where you're at, wherever you're at. You may be in a park, you may be in a home, you may be in your in your house, where, wherever you're at. Just I want you just to take a moment and just know that you're not alone. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. And there are a lot of us, God, that are out here in this world that are carrying weights that sometimes seem unbearable, that we can't take it anymore. But Lord, that's where you come in and you say, hey, take my weight upon you. Take my yoke upon you and you learn of me and in me you will find rest. Lord, many of us need to find rest. And Lord, we need to learn how to prioritize our life and put things in perspective and not be anxious for everything, Lord. But Lord, I pray right now, God, whoever this person is who's feeling alone, that they would not feel alone anymore because your presence would fill that area where they're at right now. That whole atmosphere is getting filled with your presence of your love, your joy, your peace, your peace that surpasses understanding. I ask this right now in your name, God. Bring healing to their heart, healing to their mind, and peace to their soul. In Jesus' name, I pray this right now. Amen. Amen. Melinda, let's do the tennis shoes before we leave. Okay. The three things that you said was to recognize. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean again? To recognize means to? Name the stuff that you're carrying. Acknowledge that. Acknowledge yeah. it. Look at it. Yeah. Number two, prioritize. What does that mean? Priorities. Put things, what's more important than the other thing. And then deal it, with it your also list gives like that. It, yeah, you can make a list. Um, sometimes it's just perspective. Yeah. Just just uh, focusing out a little bit so you can get the bigger picture and sometimes that even by itself will help start releasing some things or knowing what to pull off of your load. 
And the last part, strengthen. What does that mean to you? Strengthen to me, uh, bringing people into the picture, asking for help where I need help, delegating when things should be delegated. That's good. And word. going to God. Number one, you know, that, I mean, overall, sometimes we give these tips with the understanding that, of course, our spirituality is our whole life, right? Yeah. Spirituality doesn't happen, oh, when I'm on my knees, now I'm spiritual. Spirituality is your whole life involved with God. He doesn't come and leave our life. He's with you all the time, but to acknowledge him, to strengthen me, give me ideas and show me how to deal with it. So in relationships, we will have stress. Yeah. But God can give us answers to deal with those or prioritize or recognize or get strengthened. Mm -hmm. I love that. That is awesome. Thank so you. what are you going to be using the next time Molly's barking and it's stressing you out? Kick her outside? No. <laughs> She's okay. a good puppy. We'll work on some doggy skills. That's all. <laughs> Maybe some human skills, too, while we're at it. There you go. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. And know this, you are not alone. That's right. Melinda and I truly care. God bless you. Hey, if you have any comments you want to leave in the in the comment section, please do. Please, please do. Any prayer requests, we got you. We'll cover. We do look at them, and we do pray. God bless you, and take care. Have a great day. Have an awesome day. See you next time. Something to remember. God has placed relationships as one of his top priorities, and I believe we can learn to do that as well. Like and subscribe to BRE Podcast. Be sure to share with friends. Best Relationship Ever is based out of Covering Ministries. You can find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. There is also a link directly to our website in the show notes. Please consider partnering with us. Help us see this program reach thousands who are in need of support and trainings.